0: Have questions about your health? A simple pill won't fix your problems, and there's so many points and opinions on the internet that a web search just leaves you more confused. So why not take the time and listen to those who know best? Rider University's Health Studies Institute presents Health Four One One: Truthful Health Information to expand your knowledge and perspective right here and now. So let's bring it you to your host, Dr. Jonathan Carp, Professor of Biology, Behavioral Neuroscience, and Health Sciences.
1: 1077 The Bronck, 1077 thebronccom proudly nominated for our National Association of Broadcasters 2019 Marconi Award for Best College Radio Station. We are live from the Killarney's Public House Studios at Rider University. Welcome to Health 411. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Karp. The Ryder University Health Studies Institute presents Health 411, Truthful Health Information to Expand Your Knowledge and Perspective. The Ryder University Health Studies Institute communicates cross-disciplinary perspectives affecting health and wellness, public health, health care policy, and the business of health care. Antonia Conti, our producer, and I are in the studio today with Donna Balducci, who is the administrator of the Health Studies Institute here at Ryder University. And we are going to talk today because the here at Ryder University, the Health Studies Institute, is not just about education. We have programs. We have outreach. And Donna is one of the coordinators and leaders of many of our um, outreach programs. I don't want to jump the gun and describe them. But anyway, <laughs> welcome, Donna. Thank you. Happy to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit, just to start off, give us an idea of some of the the programs that you're leading, the breadth of the kind of things that we're doing here on campus and off campus to sort of to talk about health, health care, promote healthy living and and things like that.
2: Okay. Well, we have a couple of programs going on right now. Um, One of them is called the Smart Start program. And... The Smart Start program um, is about giving all participants that signed up for it a personalized experience about health um, and wellness, mainly focusing on mind and body care. So basically, it's a 12-week program that uh, was put together from a brainstorm between myself and Brett Nemitz. from the SRC Student Rec Center.
1: Okay, so let's take a step back. You mentioned this word Smart Start program, right. and it's a 12-step program. A lot of times people hear 12-step programs and they're thinking alcohol anonymous, rehab, addiction, things like that. You're shaking your head. That's not, no. what, that's not what you're talking about here. No. <laughs> so what, what are we talking about?
2: We're talking about 12 weeks of a commitment of each week there will be a different topic presented um, like, for example, concerning, again, like I said, mind and wellness and body care. Um, one week we might have psychologists come in from the psychology department and talk about behavior changes. One week we might have the nutritionist come in from campus and show us how to uh, prepare meals and what's healthy. Um, another week we had career development come in and have them take the uh, Myers-Briggs test to understand their personality type. And then one week I spoke about how, once you have those um, letters from the Myers-Briggs, how that can uh, incorporate into a fitness personality. So there might be, like, for example, say you're an an extrovert and you come up as an E and another person comes up as an I. Um, an extrovert would be probably more um, geared to high-energy fitness classes, like a Zumba class, or whereas an introvert might be more interested in Tai Chi or Pilates or yoga but that is very general, um, because as I've seen through the program, which I'm very proud to, I'll leave the person's name Was she was an introvert, and she's in every single program, um, <laughs> every single class that we're in actually, um, okay, so, doing that stuff. So
1: this this particular initiative is a health and wellness initiative for people. Who yes. are the people that, 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 that we're targeting?
2: Okay, to? so this is an interesting uh, story of how we came about with the idea. Mm-hmm. So being an employee of Ryder University, Every year, we have this biometric screening and testing done in October, and
1: that, that, not the HSI doesn't do no, that. No, this that's, does that, not. That, this that's is human true. resources department. Correct. One of the established yes members of the bureaucracy.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> so, every year we go and we we get enticed, and I am want to be part of it. I admit it. Uh, if you participate, uh, you will get a hundred dollar Visa gift card at the end of the year. You know for participating. So, but I've I've always been into health and fitness, so I always, I want to know anyway. So, afterwards, when you get your results back, you might find out that you have high cholesterol. Mm -hmm. And then there's a whole year that goes by, and it's really based upon if you, the person, are going to follow up and take measures to take care of yourself Mm -hmm. to improve your health. But what I found
1: so so basically to meet some, and I'm I'm sure I'm, I'm making fun of it, but Ryder yeah. is not unique in this regard. Is that the, the human resource aspect of a large organization is responsible for you know promoting health and wellness, and they do this yearly screen and they check a box right. on some federal thing that they have to have to do. Yes. Um, but you, you you notice there wasn't a lot of follow through.
2: Right. And, it, and it, it, it bothered me. So I was like, well, you know what? What can we do that could be that next element of doing this follow up? But what can we do to make people really interested and engaged in it and excited and want to come to it? So we didn't want to make it about just like fitness, because that just sounds scary as it is. you know. And mm-hmm. the majority of people that did sign up were older people. So
1: Older is relative here on a college well, campus. Um, what, do, what do you mean by – and my definition of older is changing as, well, as I progress through the years. Say,
2: I'll say it this way. My age category. <laughs> okay. And um,
1: so, so, so around 30 years or so. I really
2: like him. <laughs> so so
1: we're looking for the people who work here, the, you know, the – not the This is not a program we're talking about for the student.
2: Not yet. Okay. So, well, I went over to HR and I mm. pitched it. And I said, we would love to, we, well, Brett and I decided, uh, Brett Neiman from the Student Rec Center, uh, decided in the summer, I went over to her and I said, what do you think of this idea if we do this program? And it's 12 weeks. And then, again, we collaborated. And we said, let's go over to Human Resources and maybe we can get a, a table at the health fair. So we pitched it, and they really liked the idea. And voila, we had it. all 30 participants signed up within that few hours for the program, which was going to start on January 29th. So we had a couple of months in between um, before we actually started the program. Mm -hmm. We were initially, when we spoke to HR, they said, well, if this really goes well, Maybe we can open it up to students. So we're kind of piloting it now to see how it goes, Mm -hmm. and so far um, I'm very excited. So,
1: but the the idea this is this is a health and wellness program that we're piloting. The HSI is sort of sponsoring the piloting of this here at Rider University. That in theory, and we'll ask for the details of this, that other organizations might be able to roll out in the future. Other um, HR offices, that other kinds of large. Organization. Yes. So tell us, tell us about, um, so that's the background of how it got started. What are the goals of the program I'll start, as, in sort of general, and then I'm going to follow up and ask you how, how have you, how have you designed this to meet the goals?
2: Okay, so it's really a self-awareness, self-efficacy um, type of program um, where it's self-reported mental and physical health, and it, it has to do with you being aware of um, yourself. And sometimes that's very difficult because you might not have a true assessment of. Well, that's what, what you said,
1: the, looking at the personality assessment. And then uh, I'm going to jump ahead. ahead. You know, if you know a little bit about your personality type, there might be a way to help find the appropriate kinds of exercise right. that is a good fit for who you are. Right. Because you wouldn't want to put, it, I mean, that's one reason dropout rates in gyms and are, are so high, is people try to do things that just doesn't fit who they are, it
2: doesn't Correct. fit their lifestyle. Correct. So that, that's what was so important about when we put it together. I was like, well, you know what, You might that might be something that might be so obvious to some people, but not really. Like you might not realize the reason you're failing at it is because you're not aware of what is really suited to you. So we call call it the Smart Start program because smart, um, S is specific. (laughs) M is measurable, right? A is attainable. R is realistic. T is a time frame. So when we did this, we said we want to make this realistic. And personally, I always am testing anything on myself. And I'm always like, well, if it didn't work for me, how do I expect it to work for somebody else? So we set it up basically to, to really encourage the participants. We want to see them really get through these 12 weeks feeling like they accomplished something. So we wanted to go through mind and body. So for example, when you say physical activity, they might think I have to go to the gym and lift weights. No, it's movement movement walking track it give them tools on their smartphone to see that what does that little heart thing there say it's teaching you hey let me track how many miles i've walked and just carry your phone on you and then you might be surprised that at the end of the day you actually did one mile and that'll encourage you maybe to go to the next step and maybe try as a class <laughs> so a lot of the participants didn't even realize that the src was free
1: the SRC is the Student Recreation yes. Center here, here on campus.
2: Right, and that there's yeah. these classes that they could take. We also piggybacked, um, we added Zumba classes right after work, twice a month. Health, Health Studies Institute um, sponsored this too, to just make it another um, attainable, realistic, measurable, I went C- click it in in mm-hmm. your phone and then they have to report back to us every every week mm-hmm. and we do it together we gave them journals at the very beginning so that again they can see that they there's a measurable progress to them
1: yeah and we're going to have to take a few moments for some underwriting announcements but we want to hear more about this program and sort of this initiative and what we're looking at cuz this is sort of a low stress personalized program to encourage encourage health and wellness in, in the people around in the community um, we'll be right back after these brief underwriting announcements. You're listening to Health 411 on 1077 The Bronx and 1077TheBronx.com.
0: A dose of knowledge a day keeps a doctor away. Rider University's Health Studies Institute presents Health 411. And back with your daily dosage is Dr. Jonathan Carr, Professor of Biology, Behavioral Neuroscience, and Health Sciences.
1: 1077 LeBronc, 1077 LeBronc.com, live from Killarney's Public House studio. So welcome back to Health 411. I'm Dr. Jonathan Karp in the studio today with Donna Balducci, the administrator of the Health Studies Institute here at Ryder University in Lawrenceville. And we are hearing a little bit about some of the initiatives, especially the Smart Start program, which is the idea is to pilot and promote health and wellness of some of the people here. And I just want to start out and say you guys didn't invent the the smart acronym. That's something that's been borrowed, used in a lot of different things. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Brett came up with that so based on her background and training. You might have done that too. And we talked about some of the the goals. Uh, and sort of, can you tell us a little bit more about the details of what the program involved? And you mentioned a couple things that are part of the 12-step, but we didn't hit all 12. Can you tell us a little bit more what's going on with that? Okay, so, and why you think it, why you're so excited?
2: Because you know what it is when you see people really excited about um, taking care of themselves, and 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 they're older. And I know I said that earlier. Uh, it t- I'm an older woman, so I realize how hard it is just to just maintain being healthy. And 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 it, and it's different when you're in your twenties, and your thirties, and your forties, and they, as you keep aging, fifties, sixties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if I can just spread a little knowledge to make somebody change their lifestyle behavior, and then it really wasn't as painful as they thought. It makes me feel really good that I'm contributing to humanity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been this way my whole life, and it and, and really makes a difference if somebody will just say, you know, thanks so much for that little tip, or just seeing the group interact.
1: And so, so you, you mentioned some important things. You mentioned getting people to be aware of their own health and wellness, taking small steps, and doing it in a non-threatening but group way. And the opposite of that is some of the reasons why it's so hard to change people's behavior, especially when it comes to wellness, mental and both physical, is that people feel isolated, they're alone, they don't know what to do, they're intimidated by, you know, you don't have to go to the big, you know, muscle guy in the gym, you know, I mean, it's a big intimidation, it sounds like that's part of the, the idea behind what you're trying to do.
2: Yes. And I think, you know, like, I'll give you an example of a class. I, I'm, I'm a funny personality, and I always find humor in things, and I'm visual. So I could be at home doing something, and then I'll start cracking up, laughing, going, I have to share this with the class, because they'll get it. They know I can relate to what they're feeling. And I think also, When you know, I
1: start laughing to myself, the <laughs> students usually say, you need to fix your medicine car. <laughs> <laughs> like, go ahead i'm glad it happens to you in a more positive
2: way. well i'll share one little thing they don't know this yet in the class he's funny i can't take it um, this happened the other day and i got we we, we set them up to with an app called um what's up app so this way we can if somebody has something they want to say they can easily get to me and brett right this, away. Is, a, this is
1: a free app a that free any, app. anybody can download
2: Right. So you just kind of collectively put it in, and all 30 of us are in this group. So if somebody wants to make a comment, it could be funny. Someone wants a recipe. Somebody wants whatever they want. It's just whatever's on their mind, right? Mm -hmm. Someone posted that they made their own fresh homemade almond milk and gave us the recipe. So that was great. So I got a request, and I couldn't stop laughing when I saw it. I'm a Zoomer instructor also. And um, (laughs) someone asked me to do the song by Tom Jones, It's Not Unusual. Okay, and I cracked up when I thought about it and I said, Well, you know what? I'm gonna, they're asking me, so they're really engaged. I'm definitely gonna do a routine and learn it. So I thought, Well, what could be funny? I don't wanna just make up a routine. So I thought about the Carlton move. From Prince of Bel Air. Uh So I stood there over the weekend and I said, Oh, I'm on it, I'm gonna do it. And as I was doing it, I realized I got a little bit too carried away.
1: That's the Carlton shuffle.
2: That's it. <laughs> and you got to be really loose and jerky and crazy, and I kind of did that and pulled my back out, and I had to ice it and had to take ibuprofen. So I didn't tell them this yet, because then they would definitely not want to do that track, and I, you know, put time into learning it. <laughs> so they'll be getting that next week. But my point is, it's something as simple as that, where somebody asks you, "Hey, can you do this? I want to follow through with it." So back to the class and what we actually do, say, each week, we always start out with uh, a couple of things. We, we, we start out with it's called an R and RCT, which is Review and Rumble with Challenges and Triumphs. So we basically open the floor up to them to say, hey, how was your week? What, where do you feel your successes are? You, would you like to share? And the group engages, and they're very, they're very close with each other now. They feel it's a safe place to just discuss things. And we also, when we first started the program, we gave them journals, and I use the journal too. And we write in what's called the most important tasks, the MIT. So we, we put together 10 um, items that they can pick and it could Remember, be you could,
1: everybody could have come to this group with a different goal, with a different yes. intent. And, you, you know, right. Coming in.
2: Right. So okay, we don't excellent. know. Somebody might be like, I just want to what well, we did. Um, we did do a survey mm-hmm. in the beginning to see. And, you know, the statistics showed us like different things and we're going to test it again at the end. That's mm-hmm. where we're at with that. But um, you might say, like, I'll go, all right, I'm going to write something in and I'm going to pick something that really is hard for me. And you could pick one to three. Like for example, uh, the MITs could be mindful eating. You might decide you want to eat a little bit more fruit and vegetables. You might want to sleep better and get your seven hours of sleep in because you might not do that. Um, you might want to log into your journal, like a lot of everybody is using, not meaning a, an electronic journal. We might use like My Fitness Pal, and um, or random act of kindness. We might do. Someone said that this week that they and they bought somebody coffee and it was just really nice to hear that everybody is really engaged. So I always will start off and I, I just want to
1: point out some like some of the things that you mentioned that are goals, some of them are not necessarily physical goals. Some That's of right. them are purely social goals or interact reduce loneliness, interact with others. And those are all very important things for promoting health and wellness.
2: Right. So we don't want to say. I just want to
1: point that out. That is true. Behind what you're saying. I know.
2: I didn't mention that. Like this week, we're going to be having um, meditation. Mm -hmm. And then another week, we have an author coming in that um, wrote a book about um, affirmations. So you know that self talk in your head you can look at yourself in the mirror and and say i don't like the way i look but that's not the point how do you feel after this program how do you feel do you feel better do you have more energy did you follow the rules did i'm tired well did you go to sleep your body needs like time to repair the cells after you worked out or a long day of work you got to get your sleep in and have water so we figured if we break it down into these small little attainable remember smart right uh-huh. a attainable in there they're going to feel i accomplished something and hopefully by the end of it they, they they might get the benefit of well guess what i lost a few pounds and now and i had a really i always say this it's not what you put on the take off the plate it's what you put on the plate and i love to cook <laughs> So, and I mean, I'm always trying to find ways to make it work. And um, I I enjoy it. And if I can help somebody, like somebody challenged me in the class and they cracked up. They said, you're Italian. How do you get around cannoli cream? And I kind of chuckled. I said, I'll tell you how I do it. I go, you get low-fat ricotta. You get lily, I'm not sponsoring the the brand, I'm just saying, lily sweet chips um, that have sweetened with stevia and a little... A little vanilla and a little swerve, and you mix that up. That's powdered sugar that diabetics use. It's been around for years. And voila, there you are. But I said the only thing is you're not stuffing it in a shell. You're gonna eat it with. <laughs> you're gonna eat it with fresh strawberries. <laughs> and there you go. So that's how we do it. We basically start off with, you know, um, how was your week? And then we'll bring in, like I said, someone like we had Rob Eisenhower come in um, from the psychology department. I think it was two weeks ago or last week. And he just basically said what we've been saying, but he reinforced it in terminology, but he made it very simple and layman's so we can understand how behavior changes um, work.
1: It's very hard to change people's behavior. It
2: is hard. And I think if you have support and you're aware... And again, you know, I might be a little bit further down in the journey, so I'm aware when I do things. Like, and it was funny. I was walking over uh, with Rob last it was last week, and I said, "Oh," and we were just having conversation. And I said to him, "Oh boy, did I, did, I was I was out of control last night?" He goes, "What happened?" I go, "I was supposed to do my workout at five o'clock," and we were just having conversation. And I said, "Well, you know," I said, "As soon as I get home, I'm gonna." Do my body pump at 5.30, I'm gonna be good to go. And I said, and I did avoidance behavior. And he starts laughing. I go, I try doing everything. Oh, i gonna my contacts are annoying me. Oh, I'm tired. I mean, and then by the time 6:37 o'clock came, I was like, now just because you avoided doing this, you're gonna go there and pick the hardest tape out. I didn't even realize this is what I is part of what he was teaching on. And um, I said Because you didn't follow through and said what you were going to do, now you're going to do a harder workout, and you're going to do it. And I did it. And then he was laughing, and he goes, by the way, when he was doing his presentation, he goes, this example is exactly what Donna did last night. So I go, see, it's real. <laughs> you can fix things. It's behavior change. It was, it was I forgot the term you used, but it was like I punished myself in right. a way. Well,
1: you have to be careful about this, the, the self-punishment kind of thing, because um, yeah, you don't want to be self-punish yourself and create sort of an avalanche of negative thought and negative sort of things. You, you turned that negative thing into a positive. Correct. And then you felt good and rewarding yourself. Bingo. And that, that's a big part of, um, of, I think, what this is all about. Um, we're going to have to take a break for some underwriting and announcements. You are listening to our conversation with Donna Balducci on Health 411 on 1077 The Bronx and 1077 TheBronx.com.
0: From healthcare to the environment around us and everything in between, Rider University's Health Studies Institute presents Health 411. Dr. Jonathan Carr, Professor of Biology, Behavioral Neuroscience, and Health Sciences, is here expanding your knowledge and perspective.
1: 1077 The Bronc, 1077thebronc.com, live from the Killarney's Public House Studios. Welcome back to Health 411. I'm in the studio today with Donna Balducci of the Health Studies Institute here at Ryder University, and you're eavesdropping on our conversation about some of the HSI um, initiatives here on campus. And we we're hearing about the Smart Start program and some of the things that are going on. But that's not the only thing that Donna has helped leading and coordinating here on campus. I've seen um, some recently some interest in Tai Chi. And can you tell us a little bit about what's going on here and how that in, how that's promoting health and wellness here on the Ryder campus.
2: Okay. Well, um, back in December, I took a Tai Chi class, and I realized, wow, this is really a great um, type of exercise. Now,
1: Tai Chi is one of the martial arts. Yes, it That's is correct. one of the martial and arts. And so what is sort of unique about it before you go too much into it? It's not—this it's, is a kind of martial arts. It's, it's not high-impact you're not breaking boards with your right. feet or your head or some other body part <laughs> no. or something like that this is the kind of thing that sometimes you see people doing out in public in the park correct right it's a it's a movement based exercise
2: well it's it's deemed as like meditation in motion and then some people say it's medication in motion <laughs> because it has a value in treating and uh, preventing many health problems because if you're not in the best of shape you could still do it but it's kind of like Quieting Your Soul, and it's based um, from an ancient Chinese philosophy. So Dr. Um, um, Chen from Health Sciences is actually the Department one—
1: Department of Chemistry. Oh. She's in the chemist. She's oh. a chemist. Okay. That's right. I'm just putting yeah. it out there. It's okay. Okay,
2: yeah. Correct me. I'm sorry. Yes. I adore her. Mm-hmm. And um, I happen to be sitting with her uh, at our Christmas party and holiday party, and we were just discussing, you know— Things and it came up, and I didn't realize that she knew how to do this. So she, I was so excited, and then within a few weeks, when we came back, we put the program together, and now it's a full class, and we teach. She teaches it on. Um, it's not a
1: class that students would take for no, credit. No. So when you when you say class, I know i mean? very
2: clear. It's a program mm-hmm. that is put together. Initially, we put it together for faculty because um, it's at twelve o'clock. 12:45 on Wednesdays. We we're trying to assess a time because we wanted to like target different um, people uh, on campus, and now it's now again it's a mix of some of the Smart Start program people are in there because some of them are professors, and. Um, we have administration, and there actually is one student in there because it's one of her students that is very fluent in this, and he's like a helper so it's it's really good so it really helps if you another example of movement just trying to bring it to campus to say again, what are we saying physical activity is and you know we we also um, made them log on to um A website, a governmental uh, website, which is a a Move Your Way, and in there you can again log in and track what you're doing. But it gives you a listing of walking, maybe shopping. Like you don't realize all these things add up, and then you can meet your goal at the end of the week to see that you moved and put 120 hours. And the idea was
1: to meet the goal and feel good about it. Correct. So you have a physical goal and you have a mental goal, and you know and I guess apps are a great way of keeping track of those things. Yep. Potentially and a realist
2: money. and a realistic goal because mm-hmm. again, you you know when you're I might be able to jump around in a Zumba class, but someone else might not be able to. So, you know, we're always paying attention to modifications. And you know, you might not like that at all and the Tai Chi is exactly what you need. So, that's what we're just trying to expose everybody to all of their options mm-hmm. so that they realize a healthy lifestyle, not only for your mind, but in food. And we're, we're just trying to target every single area of of mind and body care.
1: And the idea being, no matter where you are right now, there's always a way to be a little bit more mentally fit, a little bit more physically fit, Right. and, and looking for that. Now, we are on, I'm just going to put this out there, we are on a, a, an academic campus. And so I'm going to ask you, how, is there a way that you're thinking about evaluating... You know, how do you know if any of this stuff's going to be successful?
2: Okay, so we had the um, privilege to have part of our HSI exec board, Dr. Drew Stapleton and Krista McCarthy. They said, this sounds like a great idea. Did you ever think about doing anything that was measurable? And we were like, well, kind of, sort of, but we have, you know, worksheets that we're going to use. They said, well, why don't we get an IRB and submit it? And IRB means? Wait, I wrote it down. <laughs> We're going it's an at institutional it. review, review board. board, right? And so, why would a, an
1: institutional review board be relevant here? Okay. Be, okay. So, so again. what happens is, if you, on college campuses or or medical centers or anywhere, if somebody wants to do any kind of intervention that involves human subjects, and it could be as simple as filling out a survey, it could be collecting blood, it could be making people exercise. And in your case, it's sort of a program of health and wellness fitness. And you want to study this. And it's more than like a Zumba class that somebody would sign up for out in the public. You have to write up what you're doing and propose it to an institutional review board. And the institutional review board is made up of people in the community, people on campus. And they evaluate what you want to do to make sure it's safe make sure that the people are going to have in what's called in the world of research informed consent because it, uh, we are not allowed to compel people to participate in anything they don't want to. Um, if you're going to collect data on people, you have to make sure that the data is anonymous. that can't be traced back to the person and used against them for some, for some potentially nefarious reason. Um, and so institutional review boards review the kinds of things. You, all this stuff had to be written up. Yes. And and collected and, and evaluated and voted on by this by this board, which we're happy to say did approve yes. um, the initiatives that you're talking about. Yes. Did, did I sort of cover that, the cover that, the background? That for was people? perfect.
2: That was perfect. And I can like I said, I can thank um, Drew Stapleton and Kristen McCarthy mm-hmm. for getting that ball rolling. And um, yes, we're, we're, we're doing it exactly as it was proposed.
1: OK. And so what. Are you what, what kind of things are you going to evaluate?
2: Okay, so we are following uh, the trans-theoretical model of change.
1: Okay, so and, I'm going to ask, what is that?
2: Okay, so it's it's six stages um, in a model, and it, it's, again, is self-awareness, and the first stage is, is pre-contemplation. So that means you're not aware, you're uninformed, and there's no intention to change. You're not ready. Mm-hmm. So most of our participants are... Um, are in the contemplation stage, which is the next one, aware of the problem exists and are thinking about changing. Then there's the preparation and intention to take action uh, to the change. Then six months in, uh, the action, there was they made the modifications in their behavior. And then hopefully we can get to the point of uh, six months to five years within that framework is maintenance. Where they made the modifications and they're preventing the relapses because any kind of behavior changes, you know, there's going to be relapse. And then the last but not least is a lifetime; it's termination, 100% uh, self-efficacy, uh, no temptation to relapse. Now, how we're we going to go about this within this year? We have different questionnaires. The first one is on uh, the. SF-36 questionnaire.
1: So and you're not making up these questionnaires. No, no, no. So no. even that model, that model, the, the trans-theoretical model, is, it was, was developed by people who are studying human behavior and trying to create behavioral change and realizing how difficult it is, and we're not all in the same place. Correct. Right? And, and so people who just study that have created just a conceptual framework. And so the, the, the you know, you, and so in the programs that you're developing and we're the HSI is putting out on campus, um, it recognizes that model, it sort of will destigmatize people who have relapses or fall back or don't continue through, it gives them a theoretical framework to figure, hey, I'm not a failure, I'm just sort of normal, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in a different place on that model scale, yeah. and hopefully thinking about that and putting their own behavior in context will encourage people to move ahead.
2: That is very well said.
1: Okay. okay, and so part of that evaluation process are some of these um, questionnaires and um, evaluation devices that the HSI at Rider didn't create, but are out there that are available. Correct. Um, and so um, one of them you mentioned was this SF36. I don't, I don't know what that is, but okay. I have an idea. Can you tell us what it is and what what you're trying to find out by doing it?
2: So. Basically, uh, Drew Stapleton said we got to use this great questionnaire, and it's really again self-efficacy, and it's broken down. Hopefully, I can explain it um, the right way. There's five areas, I think. I'm not 100%. I want to say it is, where it asks questions about your health, your mental health, and all this information is geared toward assessing yourself. Um, and gauging where you are um, mentally and physically.
1: And so it sounds like a big part of the efforts that you're leading are not just about getting people to do this and participate in it. The idea is to get people aware of what's going, awareness, self-awareness, and look for avenue even if they're very small small avenues just being aware walking in the mall is still walking yes you know and carrying your groceries is still carrying something that's weighted it's it, and just to be aware of those things
2: I, I, there was a question and I, we thought it was interesting where it said do you think you need this program if the, the response was kind of no but then it was like, why are you here?
1: Mm-hmm. I, I want to I follow that up after we take some underwriting announcements. You're <laughs> listening to Health 411
0: on 107.7 The Bronx and 107.7 TheBronc.com. A dose of knowledge a day keeps a doctor away. Rider University's Health Studies Institute presents Health 411. And back with your daily dosage is Dr. Jonathan Carr, Professor of Biology, Behavioral Neuroscience, and Health Sciences. 107.7
1: one zero seven seven We're live from Killarney's Public House Studios. You're listening to Health 411. You are listening in a conversation we are having in the studio with Donna Balducci, an administrator at the Health Studies Institute at Ryder University. And she's telling us about some of the initiatives and the, the, the sort of the health and wellness things that are happening at the HSI as we try to promote health and wellness behaviors, and we all know it's really, really hard to change behavior in people. And so, uh, being aware of that, the the programs that the Health Studies Institute is putting together is trying to create positive and constructive ways for the people who participate to answer the question, why am I here? Right. So, uh, did, did I sort of phrase that?
2: Yes, yeah. yes.
1: And it's not like me in the middle of standing up in the middle of the <laughs> class going like, who am I? Why am I here? And having the students in the <laughs> caps on their faces. it's sounds like the people who participate in the Health Studies Institute programs that you're, that you're running, do
2: they always know? Well, here, it's funny. This is a quote that I told them. And uh, it again, it's self-reported mental and physical health. This is what you're trying to get them to become aware of. So I quoted this. Your visions will become clear only when you can look into your own heart. Who looks outside dreams? Who looks inside awakes? And that's Carl Jung. So it's... A
1: famous psychologist.
2: Yes. And it's like we want you to, it's to say sometimes it's it's scary to look inwardly sometimes you might not even be assessing yourself the right way so i think the program helps people see where they need to work and work on within themselves and i think when you're aware then that's half the battle like we have another slogan we say don't let the start stop you so like just think about that for a second if you like if you, don't get yourself, if, if you don't get yourself in that mindset of, okay, I'm going to just do it. Once you get there, if you're going to go to the gym, whatever it is that you're going to do, it's getting there is half the problem. Once you're there, you're going to just do something. So back, I want to go back on to what we're actually measuring when we were talking about that. How did we put the program together? So basically, we are going to do three types of measurement, and it's the same forms, and we're going to also do a baseline uh, with uh, John Gears. He's going to come in. He's one of the speakers, mm. and he's going to help us midway through. So we have the start of the program where we're collecting all this data with these different various forms and um, questionnaires. Then um, we're going to also use the uh, biometric screening that was done from Aetna with them, you know, sharing, Through the HR office. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, right? And I mean. then we're going to compare them those notes in October. So there's three levels, three times that we're going to take the same kind of information, and then we will get gather the data and then see what the results are. Mm-hmm. So that will be within a year.
1: Yeah, and so hopefully you will have a, a significant impact on the, the participants, and the impact won't be the same, I wouldn't imagine. Different people came in with different goals, um, how they respond to the program. The, I think just having the, all the people who entered, having everybody complete it is one measure of success. Yes. So there's a, there's a lot of data that could, could, could come out of this. And it's, it's very interesting that you're putting sort of an academic study, low-stress component, to this program, which I think is wonderful. Now, you did mention earlier in the program that you teach Zumba classes. (laughs) And I happen happen to know you're a certified Zumba instructor, whatever you have to go through to do that. Yes. And so people have been coming to your classes for years and they've been participating and they're doing that. Um, Now, I'm gonna ask you two things for the easy one is I'm going to ask you, just for anybody who might not be aware of it, what are Zumba classes? And then I'm going to follow that up. And, and, and I'm going to ask you, and you can think about it in the back of your head while you're answering what are Zumba classes, the people who join those classes, wherever you're teaching of them, and how their, their measures of whatever is happening over time, Are are you finding it's the same, or how is it different? How does that compare to the people in this formal—this is the first time you're doing a formal analysis, a formal thing. They know this is going on, and I'd like you to compare those two cohorts. Okay. So part one, for anybody who's listening, what is Zumba?
2: Okay, Zumba is a dance fitness class, and it is basically—70% of the class is all Latino um, styles of dance, so— 30% 30% you can kind of freelance it and do whatever you like you know, within the class. But 70% of that class has to be like you're going to teach cumbia or reggaeton and or you might do Bollywood. So there's all different forms, but you stay within this structure. Now, I'm certified in aqua zumba, zumba, kids, um, basic zumba toning. So all of these have different flares to them. And um, for example, in a... In a kid's Zumba class, um, you're not going to be doing the same things that you would be doing within an adult <laughs> Zumba class.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: So, and or like a toning class. And I kind of do a lot of hybrid stuff depending on the participants. I'm very aware of everybody in there. Um, because, you know, this particular class that I'm doing here is mostly older women. Now, mind you, I've, I've done um, college students. I was at Westminster many years doing that class, and they have a lot of energy and a lot of jumping was going on there. In this class, you're not going to be doing a lot of jumping um, because of your knees, and you ask, and you, you, again, assess. So in the Zumba class itself, I will do three types of modifications. And if you and I and I make it funny, I'm like, "You can listen to your body. This is level one, and it's very basic. Level two got a little energy, and level three is over the top. Most of the young college students are on the over the top level, so we we target just dance. And it's funny, Zumba has been very successful. They've been around for over a decade um, because their philosophy is if you get people to not realizing they're exercising and it's fun, they're going to stick with it.
1: That That's very similar approach to these programs that you're doing, is to be aware of how much you can do, where you, it's not like forcing you to have to go Correct. to somewhere. And...
2: Correct. And it's a very social, or it doesn't have to be social. And you, you can make it social. Like, um, there's one woman, and and she just cracks me up. She she said, "I never did Zumba before." She's a professor here. I'm not going to name her. Okay, and she's she goes, "I don't know if I want to do this." And I said, "Come." She's the one requesting the songs. Okay, and she's moving around and loving it. And she's mm-hmm. an introvert, so I think. So it's, she
1: went from, comp, from from contemplation to oh, participation. Correct. Yeah, yeah.
2: Right in there, yeah. and and I, that's what makes me smile because it's just kind of like. Um, one woman said this, you'll appreciate this. I come was the first class here, and I was like, Wow, I've never experienced that. Like, you know, I was hired to go over Dominican Republic. I've been all over the place doing Zumba, but I've never heard anyone say this to me. As I was pulling out on the first class, this one, the woman was there was another woman walking in the lot, and I said, Hey, how are you doing? Are you enjoy the class? Love the class, it was fun. She goes, I'm gonna go in the car now and ice my knee. I said, And I got silent from him, and I said, come over here, wait, and I go, why are you icing your knee? She goes, I, I, I had a steroid shot in my knee, and I I came to the class, and I just kind of put my hand on my head, and I was like, why would you do that? She goes, because I was just so excited about this program, and I want to be part of it. I go, oh, okay, do me a favor. Next time you do that, let me know in advance so I could just keep a closer eye on you. She goes, I'm good. But uh, that's, what, that's what a Zumba class is. It's a, it's a lot of fun, and it's all. Also termed exercise in disguise mm-hmm. okay and that's what it is and you know I'll watch and I'll see if I want to push a little bit if I want to just make it a little more fun sometimes I bring lights we all have our own different flavors when we do it that's what we call it flavors mm-hmm. and uh, it makes it fun because you know what at the end of the day when they're done doing the class they got themselves. Don't let the start stop you. They got themselves there. They 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 worked out. They had a social experience, and they're always talking to each other now in this class. And you're going, and
1: we're building just, a cohort. A, right. And we
2: just try yeah. to set them up for success. Here's another thing that I did, and mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna put it on their Google calendars. Every mm-hmm. person there, just so, and they could accept it, they can decline it, and we set it up for 5:15. So, bring your bag, come straight from work. You don't have to go home. Just come right after work, and you're here.
1: You're here. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. And so just to remind you, and we don't have much time left, but mm-hmm. is it that much different than these people coming, taking your classes for all these years, and now you have a cohort or you're studying it and you're taking, you're writing stuff down? Does that change the nature of what you're doing or is It's is an add-on?
2: It's an add-on. It, it, it's very satisfying because, again, now you want to see, here, here's the statistics that are going to come out and say, this is why it's successful. This is why it worked here with the this grouping of people and Mm -hmm. that's what i'm hoping we're going to find and you know what to to not end i want to end on this i don't see this program as program one i see this as a four-phase program like what happens at the end some of them said okay we get to the 12 weeks then what happens and i'm like i'm already formulating in my head developing phase two. And I see phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four, so that they are really solid in getting to that maintenance. That, that the highest
1: level. Yes. Right, which is the lifetime and, commitment to something. Right. Knowing and, that there's going to be fallbacks, but just right. keep it going.
2: Like even, I'll say it really quickly, like say you have a relapse, and I tell them this, you know, people beat themselves up if they had a cookie, okay, or whatever it is. Okay, enjoy the cookie. Now the next meal, don't wait till the weekend, don't wait till Monday. Get right back on that bandwagon and go. I enjoyed that cookie. You gotta huh. live. You can't be so yeah. restrictive.
1: And we're gonna get people to ask you for that cannoli <laughs> recipe. <resume. laughs> <laughs> okay. um, unfortunately, we are out of time. Um, you're listening to 107.7 The Bronx, 107.7 The We're live from Kearney's Public House Studios. Thank you for listening to Health 411. This program is sponsored by the Rider University Health Studies Health Studies Institute. Our efforts are to bring people together to address issues associated with all aspects of health care. I hope today's program has helped inform you about health and wellness programs and um, the value in getting involved with them. I'd like to thank our guest, Donna Balducci. You've been great, Donna. Thank you thank so you. much. If you have questions and or comments about this program or the Health Studies Institute at Rider University, please email us at health411 at rider.edu.
0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to your health with Health 411. Dr. Jonathan Karp is here from Rider University's Health Studies Institute every Sunday at 11 a.m. For more information about the Health Studies Institute's programs, call 609-896-5093. That's 609-896-5093. Or find their webpage on rider.edu under Academics and Academic Programs. Be sure to tune in every week to expand your knowledge and perspective. And don't forget to stay healthy.